What's up, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome back to another edition of Evening Alpha. I'm your host, Todd Wanish, 20-some-odd-year veteran of comics and animation and Web3 and startups and just, you know, uh, too much. I need to retire, but I just can't. It's too... I'm young at heart, man. I got this. Uh, anyway, I always feel like every day I kind of, like, I swear to God, there's at least one day a week where I feel like that dude from The Predator, where I'm just like, I can make it. You know, he's got like a hole the size of a cannon through him, but it's like, I can do this. Uh, anyway, welcome back. It is Monday, uh, and uh, we have some wonderful guests for with us tonight. You know, one of the things that we try to do here on Evening Alpha is uh, do founder talks with, with some of the hottest companies out there. Um, that's no joke. We've been doing this for a long, long time, even before we hit the record button and started doing Evening Alpha. We were talking to top entrepreneurs um, for a very long time. So uh, it's very, it's very rare when I can look at a website and, and talk to a team kind of before Evening Alpha, the, the actual show, and really be, become completely impressed where, where who they have on their team, the partnerships that they have, the projects that they're involved in, um, really all sing. And so I'm, I'm super excited, guys, to introduce you to Visionary Studios. Welcome. What's up, Kyle? What's up, Jasper? What's, What's up? Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So first question, we'll jump in. What in the world is Visionary Studios? What is Visionary Studios? Okay, um, I'll, I'll give my spiel and then I'll pass it off to Kyle to, you know, hit any points I missed. But um, we are a Web3 based uh, production studio, project development studio. Um, what we do and what we, you know, attempt to do to the best of our ability is, is bring projects that we find, you know, have, whether it's IRL utility, um, you know, provide utility in ways that have not been seen in Web3 yet, um, and just also utilize our own, you know, networks and connections to, to bring forward projects and products that, that we feel hit a standard that we, uh, we haven't seen yet in this space. Um, we're a team made up of six uh, close friends that we've actually all known each other, five of us for over 10, 15 years, um, a couple of us going on 20 now, which is kind of crazy. Um, Kyle's out in L.A. Uh, a lot of us are East Coast based in Connecticut, and New York, and um, all come from, you know, I guess in in this space where we are kind of boomers, albeit in our <laughs> But, you know, all coming from our Web2 professions, you know, we, we got into this space uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, one of our, our team members, uh, Jago, has been in the space. You know, he got into Bitcoin back in like 2011, 2012. Um, so, that bastard. That son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, back then he was telling me about it. I'm like, dude, I, like, what is this? Now I'm kicking myself. But um you know, we uh, he, he brought us to Solana and um, when we put our heads together, you know, we were trying to, to figure out a, a, something that could work. And it, it became pretty obvious that with all of our Web2, you know, in real life connections from backgrounds in finance, accounting, one of our team members, an attorney, um, Kyle has roots in, in the Hollywood industry. Um, it really became more of a, you know, let's not eliminate any verticals here. You know, let's let's put together this team and see, you know, what can be done in this space, whether it be media and entertainment, you know, the culinary and food industry, um, collectibles, sports cards, things of that nature. And even, you know, Web3, Film3, um, you know, storytelling. So 
Um, we minted back in March and have really just been grinding for the last, you know, five, six months and have since, since March put out, um, I think we're on our going on fourth or fifth project with partnerships lined up with, you know, brick and mortar restaurants, um, sports collectible card stores, and, uh, you know, a project we'll be talking about a bit tonight, uh, girl in the red Cape with ties to Hollywood screenwriters and, um, Hollywood actors as well. So I'll let Kyle, you know, chime in. I know I did a little spark notes there, so. No, that's great. I think you touched on all. I think, um, you know, the reason I got so excited about three and what it offers is, uh, this, this interaction and, and kind of connection between the community and the creators and we're cutting out so many middlemen and, you know, really giving the power back to the people. And, and I, I just, my first NFT was Jenkins valet. Um, I got that like a year ago and I just, I instantly understood kind of their vision and, you know, I dove kind of headfirst into web three since then I knew these guys were coming together, uh, to, to talk about, you know, creating a little, uh, studio and, and project development, um, in Solana. And I, I wanted, you know, there, there's nothing about Web2 that really like uh, sparked my creative, uh, you know, inner child as, as what Web3 did. So it's it's just we're now like we're ready to onboard as many people as possible. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Like I can't I'm only speaking for myself, but now, you know, we're still stuck in a Web2 world primarily. Right. So now now every single time. <laughs> I mean, every time I have to go to a website and put a username and password in, I feel like it's like, I feel like it's kind of old and I'm like, oh, you guys are still doing, oh, like I, I never thought I would feel that way because it's so ingrained into what you do as a, as a consumer or customer of, a, of an app or a subscription service or a SaaS or whatever. But, but uh, it really is like, if I have to, like, I'm now looking for the connect to wallet button. And if it doesn't have that, I'm like, oh that's so sweet, guys. You guys need that stuff. <laughs> um, I, I guess, so one of the things that I, I'm so curious about, and this is something we talk about internally with adult fantasy, is, you know, there's a, one of the challenges of Web3 for us is that in, in traditional business, startups, Web2, whatever it is, like the golden rule is to work on one thing, Right. Okay, pick the thing, focus all your energy on it, cut through it like a laser, as opposed to spread it out like a shotgun, right? Like just lasers can cut through steel, right? Um, however, when we jumped in, knowing that and knowing that that's a golden rule and in my younger days, having, having proved that by doing everything wrong, like <laughs> I said, okay, we're coming into Web3, we're gonna focus on this thing. We started Adult Fantasy and instantly there was so much opportunity uh, that we started to say, to see, well, in order for us to get to where we want to go with adult fantasy, we ended up having to kind of invent this new technology that we knew could get us there. Right. And it also created kind of a side business, right? It created a, almost, I wouldn't say a separate business, but it could easily be. And, and so my, I guess my question to you is like, when, when you have this umbrella with visionary studios and you're working on multiple projects, um, you have at least, you know, several in the, in the fire, right? Yep. That's a tremendous amount to manage, even for a large team with hundreds of millions in funding, right? That's not, it is not easy. So do you, how do you manage that, that over overhead or like, what's yeah. your system like? I, I mean, the first point I would make, um, 
when we when we launched and the, a couple of the first projects that we took on and put you know the visionary stamp on and, and brought under the umbrella um came from actual you know strategic partnerships so we brought a a level of validity um you know one of the plus sides with our, um our team member jago is you know the image that he had portrayed uh in social media and in web3 uh, was that of like a white knight where it was you know against getting rugged you know transparency in projects so the strategic partnership element allowed it where you know visionary being tied to it was you know a stamp of approval in a sense um we obviously also were able to assist in marketing but to to touch on you know the workload obviously with a team of only six of us uh with those partnerships they have devs in house they have community managers and moderators so the the overhead on you know actual labor mm-hmm. isn't as intense as if we were to say let's start up our own 2D you know lore building video game um we obviously do have projects that have come 100% in house where mm. our is you know dedicated full time to that um but a lot of the projects under our umbrella either were pre-existing you know prior to visionary existing and and we've simply placed strategic partnerships with them um which in turn you know obviously allow us to focus on other projects as well so is it kind of like is it kind of like is visionary basically like you're you're acting not maybe not so much as a and correct me if i'm wrong right like it's it sounds like while you have the ability to be almost like uh, almost like a production house it's more as sort of a gateway to web3 right so you find projects that are out there whether it's whether it's retail brick and mortar whether it's film just hot projects that you're just like over the moon about and you say you know you guys could really kill it if you were actually in web3 let's partner up and we'll bring you over so so solo fox the the 2d game collectors club they were already ingrained in web3 they mm-hmm. they had their communities um solo fox came to us you know almost in a in a consulting role and an advisory role you know having an attorney on board um and having figures that have been in the space and really conduct themselves in a you know culturally compliant manner um allow them to come to us and and you know seek advice marketing strategies things of that nature um i would say that with the partnerships you know it kind of, the, they are strategic in the sense that it does also allow visionary access to their teams as well so in terms of you know setting up a dashboard for a mint page things like that in turn we can also utilize their teams um as well as them utilizing the skills we bring to the table um so it does go both ways uh it does also alleviate for the most part some of that you know overhead and labor intensive work interesting um so so as a like how, how did you guys set up the the mint so the mint gives access what does the mint do like what what's the nft do is this for the visionary genesis yeah yeah so you know we we had essentially um early on when we decided we were going to be more of a production studio project development studio um the initial 777 quantity mint which are, is our genesis membership mm-hmm. um really what it is is it it allows holders access to all the projects under our umbrella whether it be solo fox collectors club um and and ties them to you know benefits and perks to those um projects as well um with that we've also you know one of the things that i love uh about visionary right now is we have that partnership lounge where 
all of the linked artists, uh, developers, any of the team members, you know, whether it be Magic Eden, Portals, um, game development, you know, even Zach Stenson, Stuzor and, and Lance, you know, they're in this partnership lounge and have their own sub channels. But we've created this cool little community of, you know, creatives that in turn we have access to, you know, for developing projects that let's say one of the 777 holders uh, is pursuing. Um, offers us that ability to you know pursue those that's interesting man so well kyle jump in what do you what do you <laughs> tell me tell me about some of these projects because i know i know about girl in the red cape um and i know i'm gonna i'm gonna i don't have it in front of me the uh the baseball the the collectibles one collectors right? club, yeah collectors yeah. club so what are what are some of these projects yeah girl in the red cape is our our entrance into kind of the world building storytelling um vertical you know we we and especially myself having come from you know community building and focused on genre building or community building in in a sci-fi brand called dust i recognize the power of a really vibrant and engaged fan base so um we i've known stuzor for a while and I, I knew his artwork had so many kind of stories behind it that were just begging to be told and and um, this was our chance and Web3 was this kind of opportunity to connect uh, Stuzor's art with with a really talented uh, writer like Zach Stentz and just provide enough uh, initial context around some of these worlds um, that will inspire the community to go kind of fill in those gaps. And we just launched our Discord a couple of days ago and I think this the mid-journey AI bot that allows you know prompts oh, yeah. to create a bunch of really cool art. Uh, it actually timing-wise opened it up a really perfect opportunity for them to kind of help contribute to these little side quests or like little, you know, uh, components of this larger universe, but they can do that with visuals and it doesn't have to be purely like this, you know, storytelling in the, in the sense of writing text out. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. We've already have, um, you know, Canon being developed about Stu's Cantina and the drinks that are, that you can get there. And I just thought that, yeah, like that is going to be the future. And I know yourself, I think you also understand this as a storyteller is that's going to be the future of connecting these creators and, um, with a community. And, and so we're, we're super excited about that one where that was one we're developing really internally that that was all, um, you know, obviously we brought on Stuzor and, and Zach to, to flesh that out, but terms of all the, the development uh, that's an in-house production, if you will. The, you know, Collectors Club, I, I, I don't know, I didn't know much about it, but it came through one of our, our community members of, you know, this is an existing group of, of, you know, super engaged, like fan base around sports collectors and memorabilia and, you know, talking about cards and, uh, you know, whether it's Pokemon or sports, it, it was such a really cool, unique uh, Discord group that they've created. I love the team. If you ever have a chance to hear um, Collectors King uh, talk about the project in, in detail, he's just an incredible guy to, to be partnered with him. Um, and I, I yeah, I, I, we're excited to expand that, you know, we're to add more firepower to that project. There's a Gen 1 Mint that just took place and um, you know, that minted out very quickly, which was in a bear market. We love to see it. Uh, and and the fan base there just continuously talking, not about the floor price of the NFTs, but more, you know, the, the long-term uh, utility, if you will, or, or you know, the, the vibe of that is just everything you would want out of a, a Web3 project. So super, super 
into that um, and, and glad that we can call them kind of um, part of our visionary family. Uh, and then, yeah, we're, we're actually one project we haven't, you know, really advertised yet or talked too much about unless you're in some of our Discord AMAs or dropped in some of our spaces is we have our own um, PFP collection, if you will, that we're going to be releasing uh, down the road that we're, we're really hardcore in development on behind the scenes. Um, a lot of the work that a lot of people don't get to see is, is, you know, ongoing on a day by day basis, even though it seems like we're 1000% on the, the active projects, right? We have a lot cooking behind it. And I think, um, you know, a lot of what we want to do there is bring a large, uh, web two offering or these existing in real life businesses to, to kind of a web three and, uh, Sticky's the finger joint was one of our uh, first projects that did that. We partnered with a, a fast food chain in in New York, um, in the New York area. They have 13 you know locations, uh, and this this came through one of our uh, <laughs> Jago's foodie friends project. I think uh, how much did it sell for, Jasper? I don't know. Yeah, it was a it was a picture of like of, of chicken tenders or something. Chicken tenders, yeah, or the French fries. <laughs> yeah, he he actually launched that project like three days before our genesis mint and we were like what is going on here <laughs> went rogue but no it ended up yeah the the i think it was one of the marketing directors saw that uh, uh just a photograph of their chicken tenders sold for like six thousand dollars and <laughs> yeah. sparked some interest yeah i mean has <laughs> been a huge foodie guy and had you know his entire instagram for probably four or five years was just photos of food from his travels and uh yeah the, it caught their attention and and got them super interested in the space and it was kind of just you know a perfect partnership um yeah that and we were we were able to release that collection um it's Hung hungry robot chicken club is the actual collection name uh as a loyalty kind of reward system for the holders and we knew that we were going to be hyper targeted to the new york kind of area uh with that but we just you know, we, we built a, a dashboard back in where you connect your wallet, verifies you hold uh, NFTs and we'll give you, you know, buy one, get one free. It'll give you, uh, you know, exclusive menu items um, to your NFT holding, you know, merch, all of that. And then, you know, down the road, we really hope to uh, actually bring that on chain and, and actually put these, you know, reward systems. I think we're, Starbucks is doing that, right? They just yeah, had a big yeah. announcement about it. So we're seeing the the you know, people recognize where this is headed and, and the large uh, capacity and and we're trying to uh you know power that are you know be a use case for these businesses uh there's a a new store that's in new york as well called solana spaces we had a great call with their team they're bringing you know products and, and actually built out a storefront where people can go and they can pay with fiat they can pay with uh, solana just tap in their their phone um and we think we want to be like useful in the sense of bringing that level of attention to this type of offering so that where people go into store, whether it's a stickies, the finger joint or the Solana spaces or whatever it may be, you know, they're not immediately blown like, Oh my gosh, it's an NFT. I don't even want to touch it. Uh, it's, it's, you know, something that's like, Oh, I benefit from this. This is cool. Whether it's an NFT or not really doesn't matter. So we, we know what's uh, fascinating is that you guys, what's interesting to me is, that I think from maybe the outside looking in, some people could say, oh, well, you guys are doing movies and this or that, like, why not just all focus on movies or why not all focus on restaurants or why not all focus on one thing or the other? But 
I think because of the versatility of Web3, you guys have a have positioned yourself as a, having a really unique opportunity, not just to learn from all of these different launches across different verticals, um, but also to cross promote in interesting ways. For instance, if you have something like Girl in the Red Cape and that comes out to be a show or a movie or whatever it's going to be, right? Um, then you also have the ability to cross promote with something like Stickies. Like this is classic, like to this day, Disney has a movie out, you go to McDonald's, you get yeah, the Happy Meal that has the toy, right? Right, my kids yeah. all the time get the toy. So you actually have the same kind of ability where you can actually partner film and television and all these different games, all these different projects with loyalty cards essentially, or NFT based collectible loyalty cards um, from other, from restaurants and vice versa and all this kind of stuff. So it's a really interesting uh, proposition that I think is, is I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've heard of many people experimenting with this yet. So I think kudos to you guys for for messing with it. <laughs> so some days we're wondering what the hell we're doing, but no, it's uh, I think Gotta our catch diverse... them all, dude. Spoke <laughs> yeah, that's right. We uh, the the team has such a diverse background, and you know, it's we're all full time on this. This is this isn't just a side hobby. Um, so when you really dive into it, and I, I again back to the point, Web three is so exciting that it doesn't feel like work we've we're up early we're late i mean in terms of every founder feels like is is doing that grind but it doesn't feel like a grind it's it's this is invigorating to me like i'm in discord making stories with a community about um you know a rescue operation for a character that just got created by one of my uh, one of the the community members i think like that to that's like I'm, i feel like a kid and i'm just like playing pretend in the backyard Right. And, and and the fact that we can then, you know, layer on this technology that, you know, empowers people to take it even further and, you know, uh, have have ownership in what they've created. I, it's it's just I don't know. It feels like we're in this moment of a momentum, a massive momentum shift in, in, in you know, technology and everything. And uh, it's it's just fun to be at the forefront of it. Yeah, like it's it's difficult. Like right now, I think, you know, people hit the bear mark and they're like, oh, man, it's so tough. Um, and it is right. A lot of people are hurting because of because of the market. But at the same time, like this is when this is this is when fortunes are made on the future in the future by the work you put in today. And and the the lull right now kicked out a whole. I mean, man, height of last year. I mean, we were getting spammed every day, like like tons of hacks, tons of this, tons of that, tons of fake DMs. All those people are gone because they think the money is gone. And so, and so what happens is you have the people that are left, the people that are here, the people that are now coming in kind of at this new bottom um, or, or whatever it is, like they have the opportunity to kind of learn in peace a little bit and projects and companies have the ability to, they have the ability to, to develop and build in peace. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody's bothering you because a mainstream thinks it's dead, which is laughable. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's ridiculous, but you know, whenever the next bull run comes, whether it's next year or 2025, you know, every four year bull cycle or whatever, like it's going to, it's going to take off. And everyone that's working really hard today and all the communities that are sticking around and, and supporting these projects today are going to, are going to get rewarded in a couple of years. Like they're, they're getting rewarded now because of the community and because of the projects and they get behind the scenes and they see, they get to be a part of something. Everyone's kind of really is to your point, Kyle, like everybody's really genuinely in this together. Um, yeah, but well, I, when this thing takes off, it's going to take off. We're also just, I keep reminding myself, like, we're still so early. Like this is, this is still, you know, in its infancy where the, you know, the thing that excited me about the stickies 
partnership and even more so than the stickies partnership you know working alongside lunchbox the uh online third-party ordering system that you know stickies utilizes they they have partnerships with you know thousands of other restaurants where you know we were kind of their beta test into web3 but the exciting part about that to me is you know the potential for mass adoption or just mass use case when you can actually have QR codes in brick and mortar stores that just immediately help somebody set up a wallet or set up, you know, uh, purchasing their first NFT like that. That to me is how this is really going to happen is, you know, start that Starbucks news to me. People were like, oh, I can't believe they're making an NFT. Meanwhile, I was like, we're about to have a million plus new people in this space, which is so exciting you know you can't really be mad at that when you're in this space um and it's you know like you said when we first you know minted uh it was still in that bull cycle and the the most frustrating part for me coming from web 2 into the space was how rapid it is you know one week in this space is like the equivalent so of fast and <laughs> People like the community, you know, gets frustrated, you know, do something. What are the devs doing? And it's, you know, right now to me has been my favorite time because of, you know, the opportunities that we've had to just build and nobody's questioning it because, you know, we're now five, six, seven months into this and they're seeing projects are being released. You know, there's no doubting what this team is doing. So it's, it's exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> I just think that, you know, the the IRL brick and mortar use cases, companies and brands taking this on is is going to be what really lets this this space shine. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, too, like I think one of the most interesting things in the stuff that we've tried to convey to our audience and, and our, our group, our, you know, the adult fantasy group knows by now is like when it's when our discord goes a little quiet, you know, there's always people we're always in there talking. But when it when it goes a little quiet, like. You know, if I don't pop in, but once or twice a day or something instead of like all day, that those are by far the busiest times. Like behind yeah. the scenes, it's it's not that you know anything, nothing's happening. It's that everything is happening. Like there's so yeah. many things coming out. Like it's just like okay, I have to, I can't, I don't, I barely have time to tweet. Like you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's so much. And uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, you guys also mentioned like the whole thing with Starbucks. And so if people don't know, there was a big Starbucks. I don't want to call it an internal memo because they, they put it on their corporate uh, on their corporate uh, page. So Starbucks.com backslash whatever corporate thing. Um, but basically, you know, Starbucks is since day one has, has been talking about the third space, right? That was their that was their unique selling proposition. And it has been for decades. And that third space is that is that they aimed to capture that place in between work and and home. Right. Most people, they did, you know, research, obviously. And it's like people go from home to work back home. And so what they wanted was to create that third space. And they did a great job. I mean, this is why it became it became practically uh, a co-working space. It still is right. Like like you go there, you grab a cup of coffee, you open up your laptop and you can write a novel there you know, because you can go there every day for six hours a day. Um, and and so for them to come out on on their corporate site publicly and say web three is the future. We believe that is, the, that is the key to us finally hitting our mission of the third space, using it as a membership key to, to other things within the Starbucks universe, right? Whether that's a specific section 
in Starbucks, it's only for members, whether it's discount and loyalty points and loyalty card type of type of stuff, whether it's other things, partnerships from from other restaurants and other other spaces. Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I remember last year, midsummer, when mm -hmm. all of a sudden Visa jumped in, Chase jumped in, Citibank jumped in, like on top of all the celebrities, these massive companies started jumping in. You know, we saw not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago or something a month ago where Tiffany's jumped in, right? Yep. So all these giant companies are moving in and they made their announcements last year and now you don't hear anything. And I yeah. think there's a, there's a miss, there's a misnomer among some, some of the, in the general public that thinks, oh, well that quiet means they're out. And that's not the case. They made the public announcement. They've allocated resources and they're working in, in secret so they don't so they don't stealth you know unstealth whatever it is that they're going to launch at the appropriate time right these are not stupid yeah. people and so um i i think yeah to to your point jasper like talking about we're early man you know we're the nft market last year 2021 was basically in my opinion like you know blockchain 2012 or 13 <clears throat> It really, it was like year zero, you know, granted there were some people from like 2017, you know, that were collecting NFTs, but it's, it's brand banking new. Uh, yeah. And that, and <clears throat> that level of, you know, web two use case is, is just not there yet. And once that really becomes prevalent, you know, when Starbucks rolls that out, when bigger brands start, you know, announcing, I mean, if, if I'm sure they're already working on it, but like, if a Nike were to drop an NFT that gives you early access to shoe drops, it's just going to become, you know, the standard. It's, it's like Netflix not shipping DVDs anymore. Everybody's right. like, I right. watch this on my TV. Like, and now it's just the, it's just, that's how it works, man. And I, I truly, yeah, I, I think we are like in the infancy of it and it's just going to explode. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, let's well, uh, jump. Okay, go ahead. Go quick. No, I was just gonna say, well, well the technology is going to integrate and in even just your TV. Imagine where, it, right. and that's already happening. It's going to verify that you're a holder of HBO or whatever that is and unlock that channel for you. Um, I have no doubt in my mind we're going to be there. The, your your NFT wallet will be as you know seamless as your Apple wallet. And again, like people won't even be using the term NFTs or, or that it's worried about that it being on, on chain because it's they just know that it works and it's cool so, oh absolutely they yeah. haven't even realized a lot of these companies haven't even realized and a lot of them are slow because they're so corporate and so old um but it, it doesn't take a genius to say oh well let's see netflix is down stock was down I don't, I don't know what it is now but let's just say it's down i don't know um let's we need to increase we need to increase subscribers how can we do that well how about this you drop an nft uh and what that nft does is to your point, Kyle, it pops a QR code on the screen and that actually unlocks a completely different side of content that's only available to people that have that NFT. So it's a, it's like a high tier, maybe it's these exclusive original shows or these original shows that are tied to NFT, other to NFT projects, right? Other collectible asset yeah. projects. Like it's going to go crazy. Like yeah. it doesn't take a genius to see that. You're like, oh, hold it up. You know, maybe use token proof or some other app go, boop, and all of a sudden it logs you in and you're there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or I even to take that a step further, as you get into these films being shot and Unreal Engine and everything, you know, having such uh, digital components to it already, you know, imagine your favorite character, which was designed in Unreal and you scan your QR code and you get to watch the whatever show it may be. And your character is in that 
uh, in certain frames throughout it, right? Like, yeah. I think there's uh, the the interactivity that's going to take place is it's you know there's so many options here. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, jump into chat real quick and let's see where we are. What's up, Willie D? How you doing, sir? Welcome. Let's go, yeah, Dusty. What's up? <laughs> Old Dak, what's up? How are you? Let's fucking go. Welcome. Natasha, welcome. Happy evening, Alpha. Hi, Natasha. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ned, how you doing? I see you too, man. Uh, we got KG. Evening, gentlemen. What's up, KG? Welcome. Got Break Bad Run. Is it Yo Visionary Studios, <laughs> LFG? I love LFG is back. Like, I know, right? It's amazing. It's great. <laughs> Uh, Aldax says, digging the interview, very interesting project. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, Tide-Eyed says that I got it. Yeah, it's pretty understandable. <laughs> he gets it. <laughs> he gets it. Yes. <laughs> and then he says, uh, maybe something at Stu's Cantina shows up on there Sticky Secret Menu. Nice. That's that's but, one of those. There's a cross promotion right there. <laughs> right. How would that work? I. We got, there are uh, there what in the Stew's Cantina now we got some French fries. I saw some chicken tenders, so maybe get those purple sea salt fries at Stickies. Who knows? That's right. There's a crossover there. Yeah. So is Stew's Cantina something from a uh, girl in the red cape? Totally community driven. Just uh, you know, our the the people in the Discord and and you know the community just started essentially creating their own backstories and lore about these planets that the girl is traveling to. <laughs> One of them has uh, a nice little bar, a little dive bar called Stu's Cantina. So oh, awesome. That sounds it's, cool. it, was, it was born out of, uh, there's this kind of overseer robot droid that's called Val. And this was the safe space. So somebody start, created Stu's Cantina that Val cannot enter. So now people just go talk shit about Val in, in the cantina. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Break Brad Run says, I'm too bullish. Got my damn heart rate up. <laughs> Ray, just what's up, man? Welcome. Good to see you. Happy Monday. Uh, and Tide Eye is saying, yo, yo, yo. And he's just clowning. <laughs> Carrots, what's up? Welcome. I got a grid crew tonight. So you, awesome. you said something that, that kind of sparked my interest. Um, as you know, my background in storytelling. Um, I'm, 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 I think it's everything. I think all of us on this call can agree. Like, yeah, storytelling web three is a key. Um, even the, even the big fish, the, uh, the blue chips, the, the 2021 blue chips are all kind of spending hundreds of millions of dollars now in some cases to figure out how to create a story off of the stuff they launched. Right. Um, so you have something called girl in the red Cape and it's all community driven, right? Where so so I'm I'm super curious as to like what is Girl in the Red Cape like how did it start and then in terms of a community creation how do you go how do you guys go about doing that how do you guys what's the process to say okay here are the steps we're gonna take in order to to help people create something in this in this world together yeah um, I'll just touch on yeah. the, the genesis of the project <clears throat> and I'll let Kyle you know take it from there. Um, so behind me, actually, this background is our Genesis PFP, which you could see the girl hanging out right there. And that was done for us um, by the artist Stuzor, who 
um, pretty acclaimed Ethereum artist that Kyle had worked with in the past. And his art just was super captivating and to us was at a, at a level that we hadn't seen on Solana. And, you know, the team, we were, we were looking at this image, we were seeing it all over socials and we're like, there's something here and realized that the story to be told was about the girl. You know, what, what, who is she, what is she looking for? And with that, you know, we, we approached Stu about the idea of, you know, attaching some, some, whether it's a Hollywood screenwriter and uh, exploring that. And luckily, you know, Kyle, as I said earlier, has uh, a background in the industry and we were able to put a team together uh, with Stu Zor, obviously, uh, Zach Stentz, who was the screenwriter for the original Thor movie. Um, he wrote X-Men First Class, uh, Fringe, and, you know, he equally was as captivated by the, the art that Stu had been, you know, putting out. Stu was doing a, a render a day. Um, for I think Kyle it was like was it it was five years I believe, yeah 2017 he started yeah so he was he was putting out art every day for five years, um, and and Zach was just you know totally into the idea. Um, one of the cool opportunities that this space provides is you know full creative freedom. Where me and Kyle when we met with them for the first time we were like listen we're not producers <laughs> we're not directors we're not you know a studio. Uh, we are a studio, but we're we're not going to come. Back. Yeah. yeah, we're not going <laughs> to come back with notes and you know rewrites. You know, we want you to. You guys are the artists here. You know, put your heads together. Where this goes is up to you, and uh, that really is what sparked this. So we, uh, you know, now have this project where we're following the girl in the red cape on this journey to these twelve worlds, and you know, with that, I'll let Kyle, you know, jump in to to. Yeah, sorry. Kyle, no, no, I'm going to totally interrupt for just, just to let you both know. Um, so two things real quick. Well, one thing that's two parts. One, Fringe is one of my all-time favorite shows. Awesome. <laughs> um, and X-Men First Class is, in my opinion, the best of the entire franchise. I actually I actually worked the red carpet for First Class in New York City when it aired. When it so there's a, common, oh, wow. there's a common thread between those two projects, and his name is Zach Stentz. <laughs> that's right. That's what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jasper touched on a lot of that. I think, again, like we're coming at this, um, it's not going to, like, Zach wrote this incredible narrative that spans over these 12 worlds. So we're, we're really following the girl in the red cape on this journey through these 12 worlds. And, and he described it today in his spaces as like a, uh, a love story that spans both, you know, uh, time and space in the terms of time lasting billions of years and space being, you know, every corner in, uh, of, of the universe. So it's, it's in that sense, the scope of it is just enormous, which really is in line with Stuzor's work. If, if you look at Stuzor and his, um, his past work over the, you know, again, five years, 365 renders per year, like there's so much inspiration to, to find, you know, as you come up with stories. And, and so he's just telling kind of a one little narrative piece within this much larger universe. This thing is, is massive. Um, and so, and, and the reason we kind of went that route, this isn't a PFP collection. They're really the only character that you, uh, the spoiler, there's a few other characters, but the, really the main character is the girl in the red cape. Um, it, it's really like a thought starter. It's like, okay, what is going on here? And, and, obviously Zach does it so well that it's engaging, uh, makes you think as your own, um, you know, sci-fi creative. And then, 
with that kind of uh, foundation, you know, join us in the community, join us as we come up with Stu's Cantina. Um, and, and we kind of, we're, you know, it's an experiment. I think everything in Web3 is an experiment. And so far we're just the, the mid journey bot. We invited that into our discord, which allowed people to create visuals with the stories that they're, they're telling, you know, um, and, and so now all of a sudden it's like, it feels like a massive video game where there's these little side quests. There's, you know, the stories that are being told and, you know, um, the way we envision this is, is we build this, we help build this massive world. We set it up and then people come play in it. And then the mediums that we can go explore is it can be audio dramas. It can be, um, you know, graphic novels or comics. Uh, it can be just simple short stories that we collect and write like the diaries of, you know, Stu's Cantina or something. Uh, and then, you know, long-term goal is we take that, we build with a franchise uh, or build this franchise with the community and and grow with the community. So now all of a sudden we're on this footing where this this world has been really fleshed out in a number of various ways. And now let's start thinking what, what a, a, you know, a TV or film, you know, idea would be. And it, it just, to be able to put that, you know, when, when it seemed like for a while, a lot of people were throwing that on their roadmap. We're gonna make an animated series or a film or whatever. And it's such an undertaking and, you know you don't realize like how hard that is and how expensive it is and so now let's as we work towards that let's have just fun throughout the way and make it engaging and um you know memes come out of it like it, that's where it kind of comes becomes that community culture uh that you know we want to build so and, and i think you're probably doing something similar and i'd be curious to hear your you know your i guess strategy or take on what how do how do you build a franchise in web3 um, it's it's an interesting kind of thing to think. Yeah, about. there's there's multiple legs, um, and this is something we're working really hard behind the scenes. So what we have publicly is uh, a couple of things. So um, we have publicly we have something called the Lore Games, which we do on Thursday nights. And what the Lore Games is is a gamified version of a writer's room. Um, mm -hmm. We wanted to we wanted to figure out a way. To, to a couple things like for, for us, our long-term goal is that this project is sustainable for hundreds of years. This is, this is not something about Todd and his artwork or, or core team and, and us, you know, getting on yachts or whatever. Like it's legitimately for that kid who's going to be, who's going to turn 18 in the year 2050 or something and has the passion and the desire to create something, but doesn't want to, you know, doesn't want to just completely start from scratch. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so adult fantasy will be there as a system bottom up, where if you jump in and you work hard and you put your time in and you put your effort in, you can create something that a community, a, a built in community uh, can, can wrap around and embrace and support you both creatively, financially uh, and support your future works, whether it has to do with adult fantasy or not. So, so from our perspective, the lore games is the first step of that, where we said, okay, well, what's the, the big, the big, big picture stuff. So we, we basically modified a couple of role-playing games, uh, and bolted it onto uh, a, a traditional writer's room, uh, to where we have, okay, here's, here's how you build a universe, um, different. We set it up with, uh, different periods across time. And then inside those periods or events, uh, you have events and scenes, 
right? So these can be these can be episodes, these can be comics, this can be movies, whatever you want. These are this is the big big milestone events that someone might have, like like uh, you know like the Marvel universe, like Thanos is gonna you know the Infinity Gauntlet is right here, right? And so as you work on these things, and we have we have a, a game system that allows the community and us to kind of play together to just say what if. What if this? What if that? No, that's stupid. Okay, put it in. Like, there's there's no dumb ideas. Everyone puts stuff in into a pot. We have different. Sometimes it's very structured, and in some places it's very freeform. Um, and this is something we've been play testing to kind of to kind of balance out the system, right? Um, and it resulted. We did. It resulted in our first our first story uh, narrative. Like basically, we got the entire beat sheet done uh, with all all of the main points. Uh, and now we have uh, someone in the community, a guy named Zachary Arbella, who's written 13 novels in the fantasy space. He's He was like, this is brilliant. And so he's writing it as a novel. So it comes out as the first community-based novel, right? Um, um, from us anyway, you know, obviously. We, there's some things like Jenkins where it was like, um, th there's there's forms that you can answer questions to, right? Yeah. This is, this we wanted to kind of go a step further where it's like, there's a big difference in the question, um, um, your character, uh, the character A gets to the nightclub. How does he get to the nightclub? By bike, by walking, by running, or by plane? Well, there's a, there's a box in there. There's a, there's a closed question because no matter what the answer is, that character always gets to the nightclub. It's a much different yeah. question to say, does he get to the question? Does character A get to the nightclub? And if not, why not? Yeah, right? Because yeah. then you're really opening it up. And so it's a much harder thing to control. And it's, and it's also a much harder thing for us. One of the things that we've been working on is like, is like bringing people in who don't have a writing background professionally, don't have a, they're not used to putting their ideas out there and giving them a place to where they feel comfortable with just throwing out the most insane shit. And sometimes yeah. it's crazy. And sometimes it's so crazy. It works. Like you just put it out, just do it. And so we've been stacking that. And now that we have that, we're working backwards. Um, all the way down to the character level and all this all the way down. Um, and so there are different there are different gaming mechanisms that we can use at every step of the way from character creation all the way up to to productization and and licensing. Does that make does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Sure. yeah that's, that's a brilliant but brilliant way to think about it. And um, yeah, it, it, I think we're working on a couple different tools that will, you know, enhance the experience once we have holders and the NFTs out there. But um, yeah, I'm very, very curious to learn from all the projects that are, are you know, gamifying storytelling because it, it is a tough thing. Once you get too many people and things like that, it, it can be overwhelming, but um, it's definitely, a, there, there's the possibility there. It's just how do we organize it the best way? Yeah, this space, um, especially with Evening Alpha and talking to so many Web3 projects, like it's, it's, you know, I, I'm, I guess I'm old enough to not worry about comp competition or somebody's doing the same thing as you. Like I thrive on that shit. Like it's, it's the experienced entrepreneur that knows you, it, that you do not want to move into a space that doesn't have a, doesn't have quote unquote competitors. Like sure. if nobody's doing what you already are doing or want to do, there's a problem, yeah. right? Probably, it's not, yeah. it's not that you're a genius and you never, you're the first one to never figure it out. Oh my God. Like usually in most cases, uh, it's because, you know, other people burned, burned out and flamed out. 
and you just don't know about it. So, so there's so many people in Web3 who are bringing in the community in so many different ways uh, that it's really a, a, a wonderful time to kind of see what works and what doesn't work. And we get inspired by other people. And there's definitely projects out there. They're doing stuff that's kicking our ass in certain areas. And, I'm, and I see what they're doing. I'm like, oh, they're beat the shit out of us. Like, this is so good. And that and just that just like puts fuel on the fire. You're like, Oh my God, that's so good. Okay. How can we do our own version without biting them? Like, how can we like create something that has that same, same power to it? You know, um, yeah. I love it. It, it, it. Our, our corner, our corner of, of the, the market, I think is going to be, is going to, is it's, it's the future like period. Yeah. I mean, I've had so meeting you and, and meeting, you know, the Black of Horror team, the fringe team, um, you know, the Jenkins team, there's so many storytelling, projects that are out there and whether they're focused on film three or you know ip lore building uh every every founder i've met every conversation i've had is is been wonderful like it doesn't feel like this cutthroat um you know uh, system where everyone just wants to beat each other up it's it's more like oh you're doing a really good idea i'm gonna now you know try to go above and beyond that and then somebody else and it's just all of us are then now rising together which again we're so early that as we all uh, go up that ladder, we're just bringing other people with us. Yeah, go for it. Sorry, Jeff. No, I was just going to say there, the, it falls in line with that sense of, you know, the more successful projects there are in this space, the more eyes there are on this space. So it's like, why would we want other projects to fail? That's right. That's it. It would make no sense. So I, I do like, you know, Kyle was touching on, you know, that sense of getting in on these calls, you guys, you know, block of horror. There is like a sense of camaraderie because, you know, we are still early in this, but we all have that same vision. You know, we know why we're here. We know what's what's possible. And hopefully we know what's to come because I, I do think that uh, that we're on the right track for sure. Yeah, we're all attacking the problem from different angles. Right. And I think that's to 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 your point earlier, Jasper, like that. I think that's one of the reasons why there can be camaraderie, because. I, you know, I'm, I'm old enough and I've been around long enough where I saw the same kind of atmosphere around tech startups in New York City and like, like right around the, the, the trashing of Lehman Brothers in 2008, 2009. And, and everyone, the, the minute, the minute that New York, the New York startup scene started to really start to pick up, um, like everybody was talking to each other. Everybody was friendly. Everybody was down. You didn't have to like sign an effing NDA to talk yeah. to somebody about stuff. Like everybody needed to share information. And so there was an opportunity to share information. And by the time it was like 2012, maybe 2011, 2012, that whole first generation, they all knew each other. And, and by that point, by the time that second wave came in, that shit was locked down. Yeah. Like, yeah. because, because they had the, the, that first wave had gotten, they were so close and they were so big that they couldn't share things anymore, even if they wanted to, right. Not the same way anyway, not like the, but like hanging out they were hanging out with themselves right yeah. they were hanging out with their group and so all these other people came in and had the same questions but now the information was harder to get yeah right and that's when the whole meetup culture started to spring up because because they needed meetups to kind of parse all the information through through hundreds of meetups whereas before you would just like you know call somebody or go hang out with another founder from i don't know foursquare and be like oh yeah why are you guys doing this you know what i mean Yep. So it's, it's really, it's a real, like, I, I haven't, I really, to me, I, I recognize this. It's like this weird cross between early New York City startup boom, tw you know, 2008 to 2010, 
uh, and from the comic side, like the, the image revolution that happened in like the early 90s, um, which was like the in, basically the indie comic boom. Um, when all those guys left Marvel, uh, basically just all left Marvel and, and started their own projects and they all became, you know, multimillionaires overnight because they were the ones doing the best books. Right. And, and it's really, it's really got that same, same flair to it. Like, and it also hasn't hit, interestingly, it hasn't hit, you'll know it's, I think you'll know it's mainstream when like, we'll hit that, that peak of the adoption curve when people in the general media and the general public start treating crypto and nft based founders like rock stars like the rock star like the like the startup founders became yeah. right you know every 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 the whole movement of people into the startup lifestyle um came when those early founders hit pater one after, it seemed not always but it seemed like one after another after another after another and all of a sudden they were getting crazy press and they were getting like the lifestyle right yeah. and all of a sudden they were like holy shit entrepreneurship and, and startup founders are the new rock stars and boom everybody rushed in and you've got meanwhile you've got like the board ape yacht club guys who who have a four billion dollar valuation they raised <laughs> they raised more money there i think i i believe they're now the fastest the 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 fastest growing company on the history of the planet, like in terms of venture funding and everything else, like they went from yeah. zero to a $4 billion valuation in about 12 months. Yeah, that's crazy. And which is beyond insane. Fastest raise, fastest valuation, all that stuff. Those guys can like, are still taking Uber and walking down the street and, and they could go to Starbucks tomorrow and nobody would look at them twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's going to yep. change in a couple of years. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I personally think that, you know, the, the creation of IP that'll be coming out of Web3 is also going to be a huge driver of, of people coming into the space. Almost from, you know, you're going to see miniseries, you're going to see film coming out of this space. And, and with that, you're going to have people that are like, you know, I, I, I need to get in early on these things. You know, yeah. we, how did all of these people already know about this? And that to me is, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that, and Kyle's really actually what, who has ingrained this in my brain, that the next, you know, big franchise IP, you know, the next Marvel or Harry Potter is probably going to come from, from a web three based project, 100%. just because of the creative freedom that it offers and, you know, allowing creatives to essentially have like a VC raise on their own accord and not have to go to, you know, lenders and and angel investors and things like that it's it's just an offering right now that that is gonna just flourish art and and stuff that there's no doubt in my mind is going to be in the mainstream eye uh probably but i would say by the end of next year no doubt yeah yeah, yeah. i'd say the tech technology is changing so rapidly too and you know there was such a massive investment um on the vc side of things last year into you know tech tech focused web3 tech focused companies that once those products really start hitting and, and flooding the market um which we've already seen some of that happen where you know we, we had a conversation with a, a company called cupcake and you know with your tap of your phone you can mint an nft and it could be you know whether it's on a sticker or uh you know sewn into your clothing or anything like that um it's just 
is seamless. You didn't have to create a wallet. You didn't have to fund it with crypto. You know, the on, on ramp was, was just, you know, instant. And as we see more in that, uh, that type of offering happen, you know, where will this explosion will take place and, you know, the bottle cap, but your, uh, your Coke, whatever, it's not going to have a code. It's just going to be tap it. And, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like to add to that, you know, as far as like mass adoption with, you know, brick and mortar small businesses, the, the, the thing that, you know, really I, as a small business owner myself caught my eye to, to what this can offer owners and entrepreneurs is when, when you look at, you know, an income statement for, for let's say a stickies, they have an expense allocation there for marketing and advertising, you know, putting promo codes on, you know, online advertising. When you are able to, you know, create a project like stickies and the hunger robot chicken club, it's, not only offering what you're already offering with that promo and in, in whether it's newspaper or online, you're now creating an income allocation from selling these. And, you know, as a small business owner, anytime you can take an expense and turn it into income, <laughs> that's like a no brainer. I mean, that's who says no to that. So I think as that also starts becoming more apparent, um, you're going to really start seeing, you know, small businesses adapt to this as well. Yeah, it's the easiest pitch ever. You know, like one, of the, one of the things we have, you know, with the we've we've had a lot of we have a lot of inbound partnerships coming in with our with our, our NFT tech with the with the cards and the cases and the grading, and and it's it's I mean the pitch is pretty simple. You know, it's, it's like hey, so you know that thing you have, <laughs> you know we can why don't we make it digital, uh, and you don't have to do anything. We'll pay for everything. You know what I mean? We'll we'll pay for the contracts. You don't have to do anything. Just send us an image, and we'll do a launch, and you get. 90% or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and it's yeah. it doesn't even process people. They're like, "Wait, so you're going to give me a bag of money?" And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, as much as we can. I mean, you know, that's that that there is no pitch that you can't beat that pitch. You know, yeah. if you can beat if you can get past the false belief of like that's not possible, right? Um once you're past that, it there, it goes into every it goes it doesn't matter whether you're selling cars, hamburgers or films. Like all of a sudden, the things that you are are associating with uh, has secondary value. Yeah, it all it all can be resold. Back in the day, with animation, they used to have these tchotchke. They used to just tchotchke collectibles where you would go to see a movie like Transformers the movie or Akira or whatever, and you would go into the theater and as a freebie giveaway, they would give you uh, they would give you like five or six, a cut of like five or six cells from the freaking reel from the from yeah, the reel so these are yeah. like the original prints and you get like they're just like screw it, we don't need it and, <laughs> and so this isn't going to be worth anything and and now you have how many frames are in a film right or if screw it how many scenes are in a film and yeah. and you can export x number of, sh of of frames from that scene create your mint and now everyone has a unique nft right so, like so what you are doing is thoroughly explaining <laughs> red cape <laughs> yeah yes perfect perfect segue yeah we uh that's that's exactly the concept where you know we have these 12 cinematic experiences 12 separate worlds that all have unique tracking shots you know, to go along with the narration and voiceover and Stuzor being, you know, a, a prevalent one of one artist, 
this allowed for you know unique perspectives when you go through those tracking shots find different angles um, everybody is getting their own unique perspective of each individual world but zach stents you know he he actually had a comment in our discord that was like imagine having the opportunity of like owning a frame from a christopher nolan movie like how right. awesome that would be or like an early avengers movie that you could just sit there and say yeah this is my frame from that movie um so that you know it's funny that you, i'm listening to this and i'm like well he gets it man <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh yeah really quick we'll jump i mean it makes sense it's just yeah right <laughs> you know it just it makes total sense uh deep dive what's up deep dive welcome he says amazing chat lfg <laughs> lfg kg says love to see the next marvel come from web 3 very possible and you know it man we're, we're, we're working hard to, to do that although i don't like comparing it to marvel because i think it's you know i think people like comparisons because it makes sense uh, but yeah. you know at the end of the day you make your own thing and you just try to do the best you can uh rager says really like the comment on ip being huge but as the tech transitions towards mainstream what is changing to introduce it or make it available you guys want to tackle that? Yeah. What is changing? What is changing with it as the tech transitions? What is changing to introduce it or make it available? I mean, would really would it simply be you know it's changing the source of where the IP is is being created? Um, you know, I would I would think maybe it's that these these actual Web two large development studios are now rather than searching for you know pre-existing IP and comics or nostalgic old 90s television shows, things like that. Um, I think they'll probably start venturing into these spaces, you know, whether it's Ethereum or Solana. Um, and that actually will be the introduction to them. Uh, that's my thinking, you know, it's it's readily available to them as it's it's being created without their funding and without their production notes. So I would imagine that, you know, it's going to be them searching for the new IP rather than us, you know, approaching studios and making it available. Yeah. yeah. I, just to piggyback on that, I would say that like, um, you know, studios have existing IP and obviously they're going to be care very careful with that. And it's something we're considering a lot with girl in the red Cape. And I, I think as tech becomes the tech advances and it's, it's easier to onboard a lot of, uh, you know, community members or the audience to that project. Um, you, you know, whether it's just bypassing the, the traditional uh, creating a wallet and using uh, crypto to pay for it versus just, you know, entering a credit card. I, I think you're going to see a, a swing towards licensing and the, the whole model around licensing um, existing IP or IP from projects and allowing uh, community members to, you know, access to that licensing pool, if you will. Um, you know, so that's something we're thinking about in, in terms of coming up with um, essentially buckets of, of IP that holders can then license uh, their NFTs in, into where then, you know, whether it's merch or, uh, you know, TV and film, graphic novel, novel, whatever it may be, they kind of, uh, you know, through the blockchain and the transparency that comes with that can, can, you know, track that uh, opportunity. And I, I've just, I, I believe we'll see more of that come to play. Good answer, man. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Rages follows up. He says, 
right now within the community, we, we find or see more and more being created, but breakout feels behind. He says, just seems right now is just us nerds. <laughs> um, I got well, an answer for that too, but I'll go for it. Yeah. Well, I, I would just say, you know, I, as you tear down these walls, right. As we, we, you don't, again, like the budgets of these films are like 200 plus millions of dollars. Like as we, you know, become our little nerd community, if you will, um, to reference that you don't need as much, you don't, you don't need as, as large of an audience to really make something, you know, uh, mainstream. Um, you can have your super fans, whether it's a thousand, whether it's 10,000 that are, are much more valuable in the sense of what you can do with your IP or, or pushing a brand or whatever it may be, uh, than having, you know, 2 million people on, on your Twitter uh, following. So I think there's a big difference between audience and community and Web3 very much focuses on community. And if, if you are able to nurture and foster a, a vibrant community that helps grow the IP, then, you know, hitting that mainstream is going to is going to happen sooner rather than later, I would say. At least that's what I hope. <laughs> yeah, I would say that, like, I think you also have to know when you when you are, you know, I, I talk a lot about where we are inside of the adoption curve, which is which is the very, very tip, which I, I define as a hype cycle. Meaning, you know, and, I, and I'm hopeful that in a bear market, we can start to move past that hype cycle, but we probably have in full honesty and transparency. I believe we still have a little ways to go because um, people still FOMO into the dumbest shit. Um, <laughs> but but basically, you know, that hype cycle, that tip of the hype cycle, the, the, what defines that point in time is uh, people buying exclusively, almost exclusively to make money on the flip. Right. Even whether you have official, quote unquote, flippers or you have, quote unquote, investors, even though this is not an investable investment vehicle, they they still treat it like an investment in their own mind. Um, uh, and then and then you have and then a lot of the people that have come in, um, they didn't come in from a storytelling perspective. They didn't come in from a comic collecting perspective or a card collecting perspective or or any kind of collecting perspective perspective they came in from finance uh or wherever they came from and for most people the nft is the collectible that nabbed them you know like it wasn't pokemon or ugo or wizards of the coast or dnd or any of that stuff it was straight up for whatever reason nfts was finally the thing that caught them and got them collecting and so they're applying their own personal experience and their background which a lot of them is finance to a collecting mechanism Right. And so what you have is that flipper mentality. Got to got to get the floor up, got to get the floor up or, oh, no, the floor went down. Oh, no, it's crashing. FOMO in, FOMO in, all that crap. Um, the thing is, is that for those of us who are now in the space, a lot of most of the people that we talk to on Evening Alpha come from the other side, which is brand and IP building, long term, sustainable, productized growth. And sustainability isn't necessarily sexy to to talk about or do. We're talking about IP creation and branding, right? We're not talking, mm -hmm. we haven't mentioned, how many times have we mentioned floor price? None, <laughs> not at all. Yes. And, 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 that's, and you'll see this, even with a lot, most of the, most of the storytelling projects, the floor is not like board ape, you know what I mean? Like it, and it, it's because it takes a long time to focus, uh, a focused work to build that foundation, to create the thing that will scale over time. 
years, right? Most, yeah. most companies, most startups, when they get their venture funding or they get their seed round or whatever, however they get funded, go into this period of no one knowing where the hell they are, or what they're doing because they're building the app or they're serving the few customers that they have. And they have to slowly chip away at this giant block until they <clears> grow into this massive software as a service app or whatever their program is, whatever their service is, until the rest of the world actually starts to suck into it. Airbnb was like that. And you name it. Yeah. Every every app is like that. Every company is like that. So, so I would say that we're actually building it the right way. It doesn't necessarily mean that everybody in the storytelling Web3 space is going to make it or whatever, but... We're going about it the way that that's why that's why you have there's a big difference. That's why you might have the 17 year old kids who are launching a PFP project with 10,000 pieces make 15 million dollars in a weekend. <laughs> but then you've got the, the 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 screenwriter from Fringe and X-Men First Class working on this. You know what I mean? Why isn't he over there? Well, it's because he knows how he knows professionalism. and He knows long term how things go. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I may be out of line here, but I, you know, <laughs> I have not once considered, you know, considered our floor price on Girl in the Red Cape specifically, where I'm like, oh, I hope this is a 10x floor price. <sighs> For me, this has just really been solely focused on the the creative aspect of it and the potential for for this to break out into something bigger than a Web three, you know, cinematic experience. Because to me, it's you know. There's your 10x. There's your, you know, getting eyes on this project and, and building that community is, is going to be, you know, what really drives this project to being successful. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. Um, well, Ray, just great question, man. Excellent work, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, guys, with that said, where where should we point people? Where should we send people to find out more about, about all of your projects and what you guys have going on? Take it away, Kyle. Take it away. <laughs> you you opened, I get to close. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, Visionarystudios.io. You have the website down there. Check us out there. Um, Twitter, we're at Visionary Solana. Um, and our, our Girl in the Red Cape project is at In the Red Cape. Uh, there's also in the to learn more about that project specifically. Uh, I would like to also point out, um, Stuzor is having his auction starting tomorrow, um, called talking to gods. It's a six piece collection. Uh, his artwork again, is just incredible. It's never something we've seen, I guess on Solana. Um, so we're super excited for, for that. And that is actually, um, the launching off point into girl in the red Cape project. So. Um, that will be happening tomorrow on Magic Eden, uh, the first first of six p different pieces. And these will be all one of one um, incredible, incredible artwork. Yeah, with, a, I believe, a foreword written by Zach Stentz tying these six pieces into the overarching lore of <clears throat> the Girl in the Red Cape project as a whole. So, And that's coming on September 8th. Awesome. Well, everybody... Uh, please go check out those links. Please support Visionary Studios and their projects. Um, these guys are killing it. They're working really hard. And and you heard it here first. Like they're completely legit and you guys should support it. Um, we need to support all of these good projects. Uh, guys, Kyle, Jasper, thank you guys so much, man. This is fantastic. Oh, thank you, man. This was awesome. Thank this you. This is an awesome platform. Yeah. I know, yeah, man. 
Um, awesome. And, and go ahead, go for it. No, I was gonna say, if anyone needs to reach out to us and wants to talk Web three in general, like uh, having these conversations is so fun. So um, we're we're always open books in that regard. Oh yeah, likewise, same here. All right, guys, everybody, thank you so much for checking us out. Evening Alpha, bring it to you again. Uh, hop into our Discord, hop into their Discord. Uh, and with it, we will see you guys next time.